1450 Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. News time right now, 816. You're tuned to WGNS on this Tuesday morning, today, September 21st. And our guest this morning in studio, Rita, Rita Shacklett. I almost couldn't say your name. <laughs> Rita. Rita. <laughs> Some people call me Rita. <laughs> <laughs> with the Rutherford County Library System. So what, uh, or what are we going to start out with this morning? We're going to talk about our new, I guess you can call it a branch. A new uh, branch. Yes. It's, uh, we're really excited. This has been a 13-year journey. Um, John Lodel of the Rutherford County Archives uh, and I have been talking since 2008 um, for those who visit Limeball and know about the historical research room, which years ago when we were at the old post office or where Center for the Arts is now, it used to be called the Tennessee Room. Um, and I can even go back farther than that because I was reading an article about Myla Parsons, who was the first librarian. And she actually started a local author in Tennessee collection on a shelf. So how long ago was that? Uh, that was in the 40s. So like 1948 or maybe around 1950. That would be the first line ball library, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Actually. Okay. So I just read this yesterday. So I can tell you all about this. <laughs> Myla Parsons um, and most of you. Uh, who have been around in Rutherford County know about the Parsons. Um, she was married to Harry Parsons, who is Hoyt and Myers' brother. Um, she was uh, a teacher at Christiana High School. She had taught in the elementary schools and I think Fosterville and places like that. And um, they decided, uh, Henry Limeball had read about, he was a local uh, native of Murfreesboro and moved to Florida and became a wealthy real estate dealer and read um, Bob Lassiter's article in the, um, I think it was called the Home Home Courier? No. Whatever the news journal was. I forgot what it was called. Lost that name. Anyway, he read an article that Bob had written saying it was really sad that a place as big as Rutherford County and Murfreesboro didn't have a public library. So that and, would have been in the 40s or 30s? Uh, in the 40s, probably okay. mid-40s by that point. And he donated $5,000. And they had a, what they called a Rutherford County library on the second floor of the courthouse uh, run by Miss Payton, Katie Payton, I think her name was. And she, they primarily checked books out to teachers. Um, and so when this came out, they uh, set up a county board, public library board, and a city library board, and they jointly were going to operate this library. And they contacted Ms. Parsons and asked her if she would be interested in moving from teaching to being a librarian. Uh, and she was going to Middle Tennessee State College at the time, um, and she made the decision to stop teaching and go into library work. Uh, got her degree from Peabody College while she was working. Which would later turn into Vanderbilt. Right, right. And so she started the Memorial Book Program. She did a lot of publicity, always writing articles in the newspaper, and it really took off. Um, they said they had 
I think it was 500 people come to the first open house. They used the $5,000 to remodel the old Hale home on Central Magnet uh, campus. Um, and it used to be uh, the president's home for Tennessee College for Women. And so that was actually the first official public library. But they had had that library. They used the collection that was in the courthouse and so moved it to there. It's interesting that $5,000 donation is what I guess helped start. Uh, what did they buy? I mean, the building? The, they, the I, I think they just remodeled it. I think, I'm not sure they had to purchase the building. I don't, I'm not, that one was, that part wasn't clear. They didn't say anything about that, but they used it for furnishings and I've forgotten what else. Man, $5,000 in 1940. I looked up the, what that would be today. That's worth uh, $97,000. So oh that was a goodness. big donation that in 1940. That was a big donation. And um, then while she was still there, they realized that that was not enough space. And so they ended up, um, Ms. Weitzel, I think is how you say her name, left the library $30,000 as a bequest Back in, in, her, the 40s? in her will. Uh, it was at, that part was probably the first part of the early 50s. Wow. Around 51, 52, 53. Um, and I think it was 1953. They moved and they purchased the old Elks building on Spring Street and moved in there. And I remember going there as a child. Um, and then bef before Ms. Parsons retired um, or resigned, they moved, they actually started working on getting into the old post office. Which would be right there at the corner of, of what? Spring uh, and Spring? College. Okay. So it was just down the street from where they had been. The old Elks building is in, was basically where that parking lot is by Beckman's. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I've never been there to that library but i do remember going to the old post office right. library for years right um and that's a that's a big building but i, I guess you outgrew that over well years. they added that section to it too if you're facing the building that lower section on the left uh, towards pinnacle bank that was added on in the early 70s and all that is now center for the arts right and that's their little art gallery right that they use and so in 1992 they moved over to civic plaza where they are now so um, when we talk about the research room because i remember being at at the old post office center for the arts building when i first started working there uh, and there was a room right when you came in that had an iron gate on it <laughs> and it was locked and you had to ask permission to go in there and and there's still books today that are very valuable that are a one of a kind you don't find them anywhere else um, and some wonderful resources for genealogy and historical research especially of the local area so uh so we have th those books you can't check them out mm -hmm. you have to you have to read them on them site there. okay you have to look at them there do your research we have copy machines we've got um microfilm machines we have a lot of things on microfilm pension records um there are um passenger list um things even going back to the revolutionary war passenger list mm -hmm. so what would that be tied to if you were coming from like say england or someplace like that and traveling to the united states that's interesting yeah it, there's a lot of fascinating documents and, and and so the library that you have now that started built or rather in 1992 right uh, which is the line ball the line ball library that we know of right. today uh, right next door to the radio station right so at what point do you say well, we've outgrown this building or we need to 
you know, expand and open additional locations throughout the county. What, what well, point do we, you see that? We, we keep an eye on demographics and things like that. Um, you have to be careful not to grow too fast because then you have recessions and things like that and you end up having to close branches and you don't, I don't think that's wise. Um, we also use our bookmobile as kind of a, a gauge on what areas really develop into needing more of a branch library as opposed to bookmobile service. Um, which I'll tell you about the bookmobile later, but <laughs> that's another story. <laughs> but um, anyway, in uh, 2008, we when we moved in, let me back up again. When we moved into where Lineball is now, we had a big room that we thought, it was about 15, 1,600 square feet, and we thought, wow, we'll never fill up this room. And about, I don't know, two or three years later, uh, we were contacted by someone who used that room all the time. Uh, he had a cousin um, in Mississippi, and she was a genealogist, and she was getting rid of her collection, which was huge. She'd given some of it away, um, but it was stored in an old school, I believe, and it was getting damp and moldy, and they needed to get it out, and they were going to give it to us if we would go pick it up. So several of us drove a U-Haul down <laughs> to Mississippi, and picked up boxes and boxes and boxes and boxes. And when we got those things back and cataloged, and there was microfilm and books, and it, not just Tennessee, but places that from other states that people came from to Tennessee, um, things like that, we pretty much filled the room up. And it was like, oops, <laughs> guess it's not going to last as long as we thought. Um, so anyway, in 2008, John and I started a conversation, and I don't even remember how. But we were always sending people to the archives. They were sending people to us. And we said, you know, wouldn't it be great if we had all of this under one roof? And so we went to Knoxville because they have uh, their historical society um, and the library, which their library has a big genealogy library. And um, their archives are all in one building. And they have a museum on the first floor, and it, each floor was a different collection. And we wanted to see how that worked. And it was, it was if, you, if you're ever in Knoxville, go downtown and go to that building. It's amazing. So it's a museum slash library archive Archives, building. genealogy, everything. All in one building. And so we got all excited, and we talked all the way back and went and had a conversation with Mayor Burgess, and, and he was all for it. But the problem was the archive building, that they hadn't been there very long. It wasn't going to be big enough if we moved all of our stuff over to there because we were thinking we moved the whole room and add that much space to that building. Now, at this point, did Rutherford County have a separate archive building? Yes, but it hadn't been there I want to say maybe 10 years at the most. So um, is that the building on Memorial that we're on talking Rice. about? It's, yeah, it's, you can see it from Memorial, but it's on Rice okay. Boulevard, uh, Rice Street. Um, and so, you know, Mayor Burgess said, well, you know, if you're going to, we know we're going to have to add to the archives at some point. Um, if you're going to do that and you want this in here, you're going to have to build it all at the same time because you've got to add to the back side of the building. And so you can't go in there later and add on that backside more so we kind of kept talking about it and it didn't really go anywhere and you know once a year every year or so 
John would call me or I'd email him and it's like, well, how are things going? Well, what do you think? Well, not really happening. And for some reason, and I don't know why, but I got to thinking about it uh, probably last summer, the early part of the summer. And I thought, there's got to be a way we can, because we really needed meeting space at Limeball too. And so I called John again, and I said, there's got to be a way. And when we really looked at it, we realized we had looked at it wrong back all those years ago. Instead of having to have an additional 15, 1,600 square feet, we had areas that were common to each other, study tables, microfilm, things like that. So instead of thinking, putting a room on two or having to have that much extra space to the archives, it was like, oh, well, look, we'll just make a common meeting space with study tables. You have the same size we do. We'll just put it on, you know, it just incorporate it. And so when we started looking at it that way, it actually worked. And lo and behold, we didn't have to spend any money other than we needed to buy the archives an extra. They have this compact shelving for microfilm. Again, with us this morning, Rita Shacklett with the Rutherford County Library System. So at the archive building, you've got files and files and files, and you were able to bring in all this extra stuff from right. Mississippi. Uh, so what, what is the next step with everything? Well, we've actually moved everything over there. Um, they had cast off furniture from MTSU that is very dated and old filing cabinets and old equipment. So we used our furniture and our shelving. Um, and so if you've been in the archives, when you walk in, there is a, kind of a, a big open room to your right. And we moved one of our staff members, Lisa Ramsey, who is um, very well versed in historical research and things like that so she has moved over there we have the study tables we have our microfilm machines computers things like that and then we have shelving that has rutherford county a lot of local uh, material and that's a browsable area um, and then our microfilm is going to be incorporated with the archives uh, we've ordered that other uh, cabinet and then everything else is shelved in special shelving back in the back with all their archival material. Now, I'm trying to picture what this looks like. I've been, and for anybody listening, if you ever have been to the federal courthouse in Nashville, I had a family member who worked there for years and retired from there, but their filing room was interesting. It was rows and rows of these great big file containers that basically were on a track and you can move uh -huh. them to the right or left to get to the next one and so on. Uh -huh. And it was just interesting to see that much stuff that much right. information stored on files that are just massive so is well, that kind of what it is when when the um, new judicial building was built they had a lot of files that they didn't think they were going to need space for because they thought everything was going to be digital and lo and behold it's not and you can't get rid of those records so it all had to come to the archives so they had to add on to the archives anyway so they have a lot more space um, but this, it's com called compact shelving. Um, the old ones used to have a crank on the side. Vanderbilt used to have those in their library. <laughs> and I always worried that somebody would get caught <laughs> in between. But the new ones have motion sensors and things like that. But it's amazing how much shelving you can get. And these are wider shelves. 
so that they can hold boxes, they can hold, and they're adjustable. They, they have big bound volumes of newspapers. It's all climate controlled. And a lot of the things that we have in print form, they have the original documents. Oh, wow. So if you find it, but you really want to look at the original thing. So the good thing is you walk in and you, if you, you, you can go over and do some searching on the catalog. You can talk to Lisa, whatever. If you know what you're looking for or need some more help, you can go over to that front desk and talk to the archival people, and they will go pull anything that you want out of our collection. Uh, so it's kind of a win-win thing, and it didn't cost anybody anything other than we bought that extra piece of microfilm shelving. It, it's so interesting how you've got all this stuff, all these documents about Rutherford County, about Tennessee, right. and people can go back in history, pull it, and... If their family member was on the front page of the newspaper in 1920, then you can see it. Right. And the, and the good thing is it's a, it's a collaboration of resources because we're both in that information business. We both know how to do research. But we know more about cataloging materials and books. They know more about preserving materials. So if they get in collections, for instance, that have diaries and manuscripts and things like that, but they also have some published books... We can handle those published books, put them in our collection. They handle, and if we get anything that are document-wise that need to be preserved, we hand them over to them. But it's all in the same building. But now, do you still have at Lineball Library an archive room full of history? I mean, you do you still no. have it? So it's no. all at that? That room is now a conference room that can be booked online, just like our other meeting spaces. And it will hold a much larger group of people. And our genealogy group that used to meet at Lineball are now meeting at the archives. So there is enough room at that archive building that Rutherford County operates to have meetings there, to do research, to go in and yes. do research. Yes. And are there computer desks set up for folks yes. to sit down and bring their laptop? And um, Yes and no. Yes, they're set up and the computers are sitting there, but we don't have the Internet they're okay. having some issues with some of the internet connections so they're working on that part but but uh, are those computers connected to i guess all the documents there that they have that, um the ones that are online are i think saved? they they have they have a computer that's dedicated to the things that they have and ours will be more dedicated to what we have but we share databases and things like ancestry.com and things like that so um yeah it's just a, it's a kind of a one-stop thing it's really exciting and we we plan to have an open house we're just not sure and we can kind of showcase the new addition to the archive building plus what we're calling now the historical research center located at the archives now i know mtsu also has a lot of uh, a room filled with history and archive right. building uh, is that connected to rutherford county are you able to share files that the gore center at mtsu um, does more political papers and things like that so when we have people calling us or the archives have people calling us about material that would be better suited there we send them to the gore center so it depends on what you have um, and, and what you're looking for as to which place. But pretty much the archives and, and the Historical Research Center will have most of the local things. Um, surrounding states, uh, we have a lot of things, census records and, and, like I said, pension records and things like that from states where they migrated to Tennessee. So um, 
It, it's so interesting. It's fascinating. And, and it's interesting. You, you can go back and look at pension files even. Right. And some of, a lot of those are handwritten. They're on microfilm, but it's, the handwriting is amazing. Even a man's handwriting <laughs> looks good. <laughs> You can't always read it, but, you know, it's pretty. <laughs> and so those are pension files for what? Uh, government employees that uh, Most retire? of them are from military pension oh, records. Wow. So like Revolutionary War and things like that. It's it's really amazing. That, that's so They have cemetery records and things like that. And How often does someone come there and, and they're looking through the files trying to trace back their family and they see that, well, gosh, this person passed away with a... You know, $50,000, where is that now? Uh, that I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure we would hear about it if they did. But but it's it's fascinating, for especially for people that start working on genealogy. And that's the, the beauty of the genealogy group. You can be somebody that's really um, experienced in genealogy research, um, but you can also be a beginner. And they, they work with you and help you. Other people in the group will help you get started and... So if so. if you go there and you say you you know my great 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 grandfather lived in Murfreesboro and I wanted to search his name to see if he was in any articles if he was uh, you know if he maybe owned land here and, and what his house looked like back then right. I, I mean are they able to go in and search that name to find newspaper they will articles work with you to give you some starting things we don't necessarily go in and do everything for you but we can get you started and show you different things and if you've got questions as they arise just just ask lisa's quite good at things like that so so fascinating yeah it really is there's a lot of neat history we have all the old polk city directories yeah um, I, I remember those were they got pretty oh, big the last year i saw the old one. ones were you know yeah the 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 really old ones were really skinny but they're like a you could look it up by if you knew where they lived you could look up the address you could see who their neighbors were it's things like, the paper like that version it's, of google you know yeah you could yeah. and, and it was uh you know when i saw those i thought it's kind of invasive when you look at it because <laughs> you're seeing okay john doe and he lives right here gives his home address then his phone number and I don't and the that, spouse's but, name usually that's right and I think it said how many children they had, too, if I recall. I don't know if that was in the city directory, but, of course, you get that in the census records. But, you, you know, know. It, it had a lot of information, and it was accurate for the most mm -hmm. part. And, and, you know, you look at Google today, it's it's not accurate. When you right. search somebody's name, it says John Doe lives over here when they live right here. You know, right. It's, so that's interesting that those Polk directories, they were kept. And, and, you know, I remember the last year that I saw one. It was, I think it was in the 2000s even. They are, and I think they're now online. I don't think they, they don't do any print versions anymore. The other thing we have, and, and this is something good if anybody listening has that they would like to donate, we have a lot of yearbooks for Central, for MTSU, um, for the local, like Siegel and Blackman and... and oh, even those schools oh, too, yeah. okay. Oh, yeah, Oakland, Riverdale, all of those, Eagleville, Rockville we're trying to get some of the back ones that we don't and some of the schools we don't have at all like like the private some of the schools newer, no some well even the private schools but some of the newer high schools we don't have so if anybody has any we've contacted um, most of the, the high schools to see if we can get hold of back issues and and we've gotten some already but um 
Yeah, those are fun, too. Because, like, my yearbooks, we kept them in the basement. They got molded and mildewed, and we lost them. So the only copy I have, I can go look at at the research center. That's pretty neat. And, again, tell us how to get there and what do we need to do if we want to do some research. Just call ahead or just stop by? You don't have to call ahead. They are open Monday through Friday, the same hours as the archives, 8 to 4. Uh, They are located at 435 Rice Street, which if you're going, like, where the Mac is... Uh, if you go down that little street back there uh, close to what um, fast signs and right. some of those um, and their the library's phone number there is 615-947-9110 and ask for Lisa Ramsey she should be the one answering the phone but you can always call the archives they they're working very closely with us and so it's a great collaborative effort and if you're standing on the front door of the Mac, which used to be Albertson's Grocery Store, and looking at Memorial Boulevard, look to your left, left, and that's where it is. And there's a little bitty building that I don't even know what's in there now. I think it used to be a bar or something. <laughs> it, but the archives are right past that. I'm trying to think. There used to be a little mowing, you know, lawn mowing shop that would repair mowers mm-hmm. right there. And, and the archive building is kind of behind that. I mean, if you're looking, if you're standing on Memorial Boulevard. Yeah, and the, what, uh, county maintenance um, building yep, yep, is that's like over there too. closer to Memorial, but behind the archives. But uh, great place, good people over at the archives. Um, it, it, was a, it was a win-win for everybody. Again, Rita Shacklett with us this morning with the Rutherford County Library System. We are going to take a break. When we come back, let's maybe talk a little bit about some future plans for the library and different branches, if, if that's something that's going to happen, maybe in the Blackman area. Uh, but we'll be back in just a minute. Time again, 841. This is WGNS. Hi, this is Amanda from Animal City. And if a scaly friend is on your wish list, come check out our reptile department. We have lots of beautiful reptiles to choose from and all of the supplies to keep them happy and healthy. Animal City is at 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Here at Animal City, we have both saltwater and freshwater fish and an experienced staff that can help you take great care of either. Animal City is at 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Attorney Joe Cordell. New school, new job, new home. Change is hard and can leave you feeling isolated. And divorce delivers one of life's hardest blows. The relationships you counted on are suddenly gone. But you don't have to walk through this alone. For more than 30 years, Cordell & Cordell has guided men through the challenges of divorce. You're not alone. Call Cordell & Cordell. Schedule an appointment with one of Cordell & Cordell's Nashville area attorneys. 810 Crescent Center Drive, Suite 160, Franklin, Tennessee, 37067. Liberty Mutual Insurance Company presents and Doug. Limu, I'd say it's time you learn to drive. Especially since Liberty Mutual customizes your car insurance so you only pay for what you need. You could even save money for safe driving. Now, wings at 10 and 2, talent on the brake. Save up to 30% for safe driving with Liberty Mutual. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Availability varies. For more information, visit libertymutual.com slash right track. It's so important that we recognize our veterans, shake their hands and say how proud we are of the service that they have given to our country and that we thank them for that. I am Becky Bookner and we salute our veterans. 
Precision Air knows you want the air inside your home as safe and clean as possible. Clean the air in your home with an affordable UV system, reducing microorganisms including bacteria, viruses, and allergens. Call Precision Air, 615-930-0088. That's 615-930-0088. WGNS proudly salutes and remembers our U.S. veterans who have served our country. We're talking with retired U.S. Army Master Sergeant Patrick Garland. I spent 17 years in the military police corps. I wound up in forensic sciences. He's learned from the who's who in forensic science. I worked with Dr. Pierre Fink, and he was one of the pathologists who assisted in the autopsy of President Kennedy. I worked with at the Armed Forces Institute of Pathology. I studied gunshot wounds, and I was asked to examine the ball that was removed from President Lincoln's head and identify it as being the proper one. And I had to go to Ford Theater and look through all the medical reports. Another case was much closer to home. A grave had been tampered with in Franklin, and part of her body was found, and it was sent to Dr. Bass in Knoxville. His assumption at the beginning of the investigation was that this was a fresh body, and it turned out he was killed in the Battle of Franklin back in the Civil War and he had been embalmed with arsenic at the time, and that was a good preservative. Dr. Bass said that he made a mistake by about 100 years on it. A different veteran story from retired U.S. Army Master Sergeant Patrick Garland. If you know a veteran you'd like to highlight, let WGNS know, and we'll honor them in our daily salute to veterans. Restoration One of Middle Tennessee. A team of experts and immediate responders who help homeowners after disaster strikes. After disaster strikes. Fire, water, or storm damage. We can help you get your life back to normal quickly. Restoration One Middle Tennessee.com. Locally and veteran. You can make a meaningful difference in 2021. KidLink Community Services is currently seeking foster parents in your area. KidLink provides free training and certification. Contact KidLink today at 877-714-1313 or KidLinkServices.com. Old friends, new name, better together, as First National Bank of Murfreesboro transforms into Capstar Bank, our focus is on you. We're entering a new generation of banking in Rutherford County, but we'll always remain a community bank with local people you trust and uniquely exceptional service you deserve. We're at 2230 Mercury Boulevard, capstar.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. 